Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Talk Trends. I'm Dawn, Content and Communications Lead of Line Global Investors. Thank you so much for being with us here today. Joining us on this episode is Kevin Goh, Portfolio Manager with the Asian Equities team covering Asia Pacific X Japan here. He's responsible for covering real estate sector and has nine years of financial industry experience. Thanks, Don. Great to be here. So the Fed has paused finally its interest rate hike in June after 10 consecutive hikes of 500 basis points over the past year and change. While the dot plot is still suggesting one to two more hikes for the rest of 2023, markets are already pricing in cuts for 2024. As we know, real estate is a sector that is very sensitive to interest rate movements. Historically, when the Fed stopped raising rates, Singapore Real Estate Investment Trust, or what we also call SREITs, outperformed the Straits Times Index, which is a widely recognized benchmark index for the Singapore stock market, by about 4 to 7%. So with that said, Kevin, how do you think that investors should be positioned on the back of the Fed's eventual pause and even cuts of interest rates headed into 2024? I think it's too early to tell uh, if the market is right or being too optimistic in pricing rate cuts in 2024. Uh, this is very much uh, dependent on the inflation uh, data, the strength of the US economy, and the Fed's assessment of the appropriate interest rate to bring inflation back to uh, 2% inflation target. But you're right in saying that there is a growing consensus that we're reaching peak interest rates after 500 basis points of interest rate hikes since March 2022. And historically, the period of pause after a period of interest rate hikes uh, has been very good for S-REITs. So for instance, uh, from December 2015 to December 2018, there was about 200 basis points of interest rate hikes. And um, from the uh, last interest rate hike in December 2018 to the first interest rate cut in July 2019, the S-REITs uh, sector as a whole uh, grew by 15% and outperformed the S-REITs uh, uh, SDI index by almost 700 basis points. So in terms of positioning, my view is that S-REITs are potentially attractive investments for investors uh, who value the stability of income returns uh, and some moderate capital appreciation. At a fundamental level, the stabilization of interest rates and eventual interest rate cuts um, will allow like uh, S-REITs to carry out more M&A activities to grow their asset uh, base, potentially lower uh, interest expenses and improve uh, their overall valuation. Well, thanks so much. That's uh, so much to unpack. So I just want to summarize quickly uh, for our investors. So when Fed pause or bring the interest rates down, it will lower the borrowing costs for the S-REITs and have a positive knock-on impact on their earnings and possibly for more M&A. And we like the big blue chip uh, guys with solid, solid balance sheets. That's right, Don. Great, great to know. So I want to talk a little bit about the slowing growth globally. US might be hit in the recession later this year, early next year. Uh, growth in Eurozone is facing headwinds and China's economy seems to have stopped. So taking everything into consideration in today's macro environment, how do we feel about Singapore real estate as an asset class and any subsectors that we like at the moment? I think the Singapore real estate sector is appealing to investors mm. who value the stability 
of a steady stream of income and moderate uh, capital appreciation. So today, if we look at the bigger cap, like uh, S REITs, they're giving us a dividend yield anywhere between a range of 5.5 to 6%. Yep, and potential capital appreciation of high single digit for a total return of, I would say, somewhere in the low to mid-teens. Um, for this kind of return, I mean, Singapore uh, S REITs is you know, pretty appealing if you consider the very limited uh, downside risks uh, involved. In terms of sub-sectors, I like the industrial retail and uh, data centre REITs. Mm. I think Singapore industrial REITs are going to continue to enjoy the structural tailwinds mm. that come from companies trying to build supply chain resilience and growing e-commerce penetration. Yes. Um, I think it's also worth remembering that uh, many of these Singapore uh, industrial REITs have exposure to a lot of overseas markets mm. like in Australia, where there's strong growth. You know, in Australia, the industrial vacancies are less than 2% and we are seeing positive rental reversion right. in a range of 20 to 30% uh, year on year. Yeah, so there's additional benefit of diversification too in this case. Exactly. Mm. I also like uh, retail REITs uh, mm. is set to benefit from Singapore's favourable supply and demand dynamics. Mm. Uh, because uh, there's a limited number of new malls that will open in Singapore in the next few years. I think suburban malls catering to non-discretionary spending will continue to do well because they cater to the day-to-day living needs of Singaporeans. Uh, for malls with exposure to discretionary spending, um, it's also set to benefit uh, for more tourists returning to Singapore and the rising affluence of uh, Singaporeans uh, in general. I also like data centers as a structural uh, growth team. Uh, as more people use tools like the ChatGPT and as uh, more companies invest in uh, generative uh, AI training, uh, we're going to have a need to build more data centers with higher power densities and greater like cooling uh, capabilities to deal with all the uh, GPUs and the processing power that come along with it. I think demand will be especially strong for data centers at good location where there's a cluster of um, other tech firms and limited uh, power uh, supply. I think these data centers will continue to uh, enjoy low vacancies and pot- positive rental reversion. And I think this team of uh, data centers will be a growth team uh, with us for the next few years. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Everything now is on the cloud. So yeah, data definitely. center is definitely going to be a very interesting structural long-term theme that we like uh, within Singapore real estate. So the U.S. commercial real estate space has seen some signs of faltering recently on the back of the massive interest rates hike that we spoke of and the regional banking crisis earlier this year has definitely tightened our lending uh, conditions. And also since the pandemic, the work-from-home trend has fundamentally you know, changed the work paradigm on the office space. Are we seeing similar concerns here in Singapore? Uh, Definitely not. Mm. I do not expect to see the same kind of distress uh, office opportunities and defaults in the US real estate uh, market to happen in Singapore. I think firstly, it's important to recognise that the supply and demand dynamics in the US are very different compared to Singapore. I think the US is a big market. Mm. There are many cities and some of these cities are facing uh, economic slowdown which translate into weaker commercial leasing and higher tenant incentives. In Singapore, um, on the other hand, we have a uh, one-cost CBD and economic growth has generally been quite resilient. I think the GDP growth for second quarter was up by 0.7% year-on-year. 
And in the last few years, we have generally seen rising rents and tight vacancies. Uh, this is mainly driven by a lack of uh, new supply and strong demand from the banking sector, family offices and asset managers. Secondly, I think that ownership matters. In key metropolitan areas like in New York, the office sector is a lot bigger and many of them are uh, privately held like uh, older buildings um, for historical reasons. In contrast, uh, the Singapore office market consists mainly of newer office buildings uh, owned by REITs and institutions. If the office is institutionally owned, especially by REITs with uh, strong pre-leasing commitments and high occupancies, it's very difficult to imagine a scenario where there will be distressed asset sales with steep price discounts because these guys are going to have like a strong holding power. I think thirdly, I think the return to work trend is stronger for Singapore compared to the US since the remote work culture is generally weaker in Asian countries. I think many of us, you know, uh, go back to office two to three times a week. Yeah. But this is not necessarily the case in the US uh, market. Yeah, maybe in Singapore and Asia, it's, um, you know, it, we are smaller here, so it's easier to travel on MRTs and buses and we don't need to work remotely all the time. Exactly. And I think that uh, if you ask me in summary, I think there are strong contrasts between the US and uh, Singapore office markets. And at a fundamental level, uh, the office reads are still seeing positive rental reversion with high occupancies in the 90s. So I wouldn't be too worried about them. Mm, that sounds like it's in good shape then. <laughs> Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Kevin, for being here with us to discuss you know, the outlook for Singapore real estate. Uh, your insights have been very helpful to us. Happy to be here. Thank you so much. You have been listening to Let's Talk Trends with me, Don Leong. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Catch you guys next time. Disclaimer, this advertisement has not been reviewed by the Monetary Authority of Singapore. This is for information only and is not a recommendation, offer or solicitation. Information is subject to change without notice and is not to be relied on as advice. Investments are not guaranteed and are subject to investment risk. For more information, please visit www.lionglobalinvestors.com.